Welcome, welcome back to She Can Talk, the podcast. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. Gongly MC on Instagram. If you want to see what we're doing, listen to some new music, or just follow me if you want to book me for a show, whatever. Or you can go over to Colleen Eat Wings on Instagram. That's where we're cooking that food. That's where we all, you know, go food tasting. I've been eating out a little bit lately, so you get to check out my foodie side of life over there. And um, you can go to doerecords.com, www.doerecords.com. That's where you can get everything. You can get She Can Talk, the podcast, all of the Instagram links, new music, new videos, everything up there. Okay, so lately I've been really like thinking of topics, you know, intentionally to deliver on this podcast. And um, I have not done a great job of being consistent, but you know, I'm being consistently inconsistent. So <laughs> there you go. But um, no, thank you all for definitely sticking with me, um, tuning in when you can. The th- good thing about my podcast is, is um, it's no set format. Initially, when I did start it, I did have like certain days that I do it, but there's no set format. So you can always go back in time, start from the beginning, start from here, work your way back. However, you're welcome to do so. I'm just happy you're checking it out, you know, and we are available on all streaming platforms and audible. So I definitely do appreciate however you're here and however you arrived here. So no worries, you know, no pressure for me. So no pressure from you guys, right? But with that being said, I said I wanted to move more intentionally on this podcast, right? So I want to talk about two topics today that I've been seeing um, recently in the news circulating around. And they kind of go hand in hand, right? Like, um, in my opinion, I think they do anyway. But I'm going to give you a couple of just, you know, stories to kind of support my observations. And then you tell me what you think. The stories or excuse me, the topic of today, the first half of this show, we're going to talk about um, old men or older men dating younger girls. Now, we all been there, right? Um, A lot of people will be like, oh, you know, I had an older boyfriend when I was in high school, et cetera, et cetera. But on the flip side, the thing that's been interesting to me that I've been hearing lately is the perspective of guys who say, hey, when we were in high school, all the girls we liked were dating older guys. So so why now do you want to persecute R. Kelly or people like R. Kelly for, you know, dating younger girls when in fact it's been going on since the dawn of time, right? So I was like, huh? Even, you know, as intimately as Colossal and I has had that conversation. He was like, man, I remember girls in high school, they used to go, you know, for all the older guys. They didn't, they weren't checking for us, right? Then Cassidy, which is a famous rapper from Philadelphia, he had a big hit with R. Kelly. So they asked him in a recent interview, like, hey, how do you feel in light of R. Kelly's, you know, recent circumstances and your song basically being affected by that? like one of your biggest hits being affected by his whole scandal. And he said, Hey, you know, what's crazy to me is, you know, and I'm just loosely paraphrasing. He didn't say it verbatim, but he said something to the effect of what Colossal said, like, yo, it's been happening since the dawn of time. Old heads used to come and pick up the girls from high school. When we was in high school, these girls were getting picked up by dudes with cars, you know? So now it's a thing that we're persecuting, persecuting, R. Kelly, blah, 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 when these girls been doing it all along. So 
I had to stop a little bit and say, okay, I see that perspective. I see where you're coming from. Like, okay, granted, some of these girls feel like, okay, I got an older guy. He has a car, boom, boom, boom. You know, you feel that security or stability of a quote unquote older person or older man. And I can see the excitement. But at the same time, it's wrong. I don't care if it was 88, 98, 2008, or 2028. It's wrong. If you can, um, you know, like, I don't know, get into the club, if you can go out with women in their 30s, you should not be picking up a girl from high school and saying that this is your girlfriend or anything like that. If you can hold down a job, a nine to five for 40 hours a week, and, and some people go like, well, you could be 19 and do that. I know. But I'm talking about if you're 21 or older and you're going to pick up someone that's, you know, 17 or younger and still in attendance at high school, that's kind of weird. So, um, to go there though, and I don't want to go down that road and, and, and go there like that in a negative light, but it's true too. Kobe Bryant, you know, went to his wife's prom and graduation. She was in high school. She was like 17, but he was like 21 and some people were like, oh, it's not that far in age. It's not that big of a difference. I get it, but it's still weird, right? It's still weird. In their situation, it worked out for them. They had beautiful children. They created a beautiful family and God bless that he's not here to defend himself. So I'm not bashing Kobe Bryant in any way. I'm just saying like a lot, you see that a lot where guys, um, maybe they prefer the younger woman. And they go after them. But now we've got to look at it on the flip side, right? Okay, because when you start to look at, and I'm not going to say all the guys, okay? But a lot of the ones that I've come in contact with or encountered in my youth, in my days, and just people on the outside looking in, like me on the outside looking in, observing, you know, others in certain, you know, situations, I've come to the conclusion that, um, yeah, some of these men, a lot of these men are predators, regardless if the girls seem to be cooperative or not. You know, like if she's like down and she's mesmerized to be dating a, a um older guy or if she's like, what the hell is this old man chasing me down for? Like either way you look at it, it's creepy and it's weird. So, um, recently in the news, like I said, Cassidy was interviewed and they asked him about it. He didn't really say like, Hey, you know, what R Kelly did was okay. He didn't condone it. He was just saying like, come on now, why are we making a big thing about it now? When in fact, this has been happening since the dawn of time. And he has a great point. I, I cannot argue or disagree with that point. But what I say is this now observing it, it's like, it, because although it's been happening since the dawn of time does not make it right. And could that be one of the contributing factors that, um, are making these women go crazy? You know, cause it starts early, right? If you're messing with them before they're mentally mature enough, you know, emotionally intelligent enough to handle a scenario like a sexual encounter, you know, having a baby, becoming a mother, when they in fact are still a child themselves, right? Can that do something to them? Can it possibly 
have a mental toll on them. On the flip side, I see, you know, where young guys, you know, are in situations where like, hey, they had to become a father at 18, a father at 16, and it has mentally switch like something happened to them mentally like in some cases because they're not emotionally intelligent enough I have seen on the news like we all probably have a negative aspect recently I seen where a young guy killed the mother of his child and the child and fed the baby to the crocodiles but the Lord said no and made that crocodile bring the baby to the shore so the people could find him even though he was you know passed and deceased so doing grown things before time before you're emotionally able to handle it could that trigger other emotional outbreaks or outlies within people okay so that was one story i heard where about you know cassie being interviewed another story i just told you about the guy he um he was about 21 so he was younger the girl was about 18 and working on their second child and he snapped and he ended up killing her and throwing the baby in the river. And I think that was out here in Florida. And then, um, you know, we all know about, you know, R. Kelly, but what I want to do is I want to kind of like observe the women's mentality. You don't think it mess with people. Like they don't go crazy. Like something can happen to them. So you always hear the saying, Oh, angry black woman, right? Like that's your angry black woman, because guess what? We're never allowed to show our emotions, right? A white woman can have a breakdown at the store. She just get coined a name, Karen. And she's, you know, Oh, she's, you know, they, they make fun of her. And that's that half the times she's not even going to jail or nothing. Let a woman of color, in particular, a black woman have that type of meltdown or breakdown. It actually happened recently. A woman was having some type of crazy ass mental breakdown in Walmart, I believe it was, or a supermarket. And um, the manager came out and said, hey, you know, what's going on? And then I don't know, I guess she didn't have the money to pay for the groceries. So the people was trying to cancel the Thing. I don't know all the logistics, but she did follow him into the store. Was she right to do that? No. You know, did she pose a threat? I could see where you felt threatened because she's coming into the back of the store. But guess what? Push her ass out the store. You ain't had to deck her and clock, like, knocked her out, like, bong. Like, it was crazy. Because I can also assure you there has been, you know, women of no color that has done very intense confrontations requesting the manager and has not been decked. Okay. This woman was not, she was yelling, she was loud, but she did not touch anyone. She wasn't physical and she got punched in the face. We won't even talk about the guy that was on a train in New York recently. They got choked out. He was homeless, hungry, having a meltdown and they killed him and justified it, try to say, oh, he was arrested multiple times. But then you don't look at the other factor of, hey, they arrest mentally unstable people all the time instead of putting funding into them. We, it's a known thing. People like to, oh, look the other way and act like it's not a thing or maybe it's not closely in their backyard so they don't care, but it is a thing. They'll rather arrest a crazy person, put them in a cell for a couple of nights, give them a, you know, a meal and a, a blanket, and then put them right back on the street in three or four days. So <clears throat> just because they were arrested doesn't mean that they were violent. 
right? So even though I'm on a tangent off to the left, I'm still trying to keep this all about the girls, right? So the first part of the show, like I said, is older men dating younger women so or younger girls and what kind of effect it could possibly have on their mentals. That's what I want to do. Like if anyone out here is listening, I want to revisit this topic by speaking to women older and younger that perhaps dated older men or maybe were hit on by older men. And, um, how did it end up? How, you know, how did you end up? How did you, you know, what was the result of it? You know, everyone could always say there's a heartbreak and everything, but, um, you know, we never, we never tend to talk about the predatorial stuff, right? We never talk, never tend to talk about the victimization of, you know, a lot of black women out here. You know, when you speak up and say that you've been a victim, oh, you're a you're loud. Oh, this, oh my God, I'm tired of hearing this. So when can we speak up? That's why we have to be loud because we've always been told to be quiet, always been told to stand in the corner, always been told to be the supporting actress of whoever is the leading role, you know, but not you. So it's crazy. So you don't really get to see that part, right? So maybe these women were tainted from early out. You're 14, 15, and an older person, an older male adult is um, taking an interest in you. We know what happens from there. So let's guess what? You're 17 now, and now you have a baby. Okay, but guess what? That old man probably, A, was married, or B, just was looking for some fun, right? And then C, he doesn't want anyone to know he got a 17-year-old pregnant. So what does he do? D, run off. Right. So now you have a 16, 17 year old girl pregnant. She's, you know, we don't know what her home is like. Right. It could be a stable home because that's another thing. A lot of people feel like because um, it is a black young black girl that she has to come from a broken home. She has to have, you know, a single parent situation or no parents or her parents are on drugs. No, I remember when I was at Norfolk State you know, very first year, freshman year at Norfolk State, it was a girl that was, it was, I think it was like a year or two before I got there. So, you know, when you get there, the RA, the resident assistants or whatever, that give you orientation, she's breaking down the cautionary tales of things that happen. Right. And in one story, it was a girl that her family was very prestigious. Like her mother went to Norfolk State. Her father went to Norfolk State. Her grandparents went to Norfolk State. So she came from a long line of people doing the right thing and being together. Her mother was prestigious in her profession. Her father was prestigious. And guess what? They were together and they were married and they had kids and they put their kids through college just like their parents put them through college, right? But at the same time, it put an extra pressure on her that regardless of whatever race you are out there, if you have parents that are like really strict on you, it can put pressure on you, right? So what happens? You want to blow off steam. She got a boyfriend. In her case, I don't think it was an older guy. I think it was a college-age guy like herself. And she was dating him and got pregnant. She knew that she couldn't um, come home to her parents with this because they told her, we will you know, stop all support, financial, everything for you. 
if you get pregnant. As long as you go to school, you graduate, get your degree, we'll take care of your car. We'll take care of your apartment. We'll do whatever you need, pay for whatever you need, but just do not get pregnant. I mean, to me, that's a fair freaking deal. I would not get, I'd be on the pill all the way up until 30, but that's just me. But anyway, I'm telling my age, but anyway, um, in her case, she did everything. She was a good student. She was, um, you know, doing her, her thing. I think she was on the Dean's list. She was very prominent and recognized for all the right reasons at school, but she got pregnant. She was going to class, never missed a day of class rain or shine. They started to joke her and say that she was wearing a leather jacket in like the summertime in the South. Like, what are you doing? The weather is not that, it's not even that cold. You're sweating, walking across campus with this big ass leather coat. But guess what? She was hiding the pregnancy and um, she didn't tell anyone, not even the guy who got her pregnant. So she literally had no support system during this whole situation that she was going through by herself because she already knew where she stood with her parents with this type of situation and she didn't want to I guess burden the guy because I don't know maybe they weren't serious or maybe she didn't think that he would want a baby who knows I'm not her I don't know what she was thinking but what she did was terrible and it was sad at the same time right because at the same time it was another girl in in Chesapeake Virginia who or Portsmouth Virginia white girl beautiful girl blonde hair blue eyed by and America's standards of beauty, she was beautiful. And both girls were beautiful, in my opinion, it's just that one was black, right? So the black girl that went to Norfolk State, she gave birth to the baby on her own, and she put the baby in a footlocker in a storage unit. So they said, it, you know, the baby was born alive, so maybe she, you know, put it there and hoped that someone would get it, and it died, right? So sh they found this deceased baby in a storage locker and come to find out it was her locker. So they arrested her. She went to jail for a very long time. Never heard from her again. I thought that was the saddest thing ever because she was in a bind, right? Maybe she didn't know. Maybe she was embarrassed to ask about resources. Maybe because her family was so strict. Maybe they also were religious and abortion was not an option. Maybe the embarrassment of telling her family and then, you know, knowing that they would take away all her support was just too much for her, of a blow for her. But to think about it, that this girl would rather risk it all. Like, all, because in, in the end, she did not graduate. She did not get the support from her family ever for any more after she went to jail. She did not have the kid, so she's not a mother, right? And she didn't get the bar the guy. He moved on with his life, probably had kids since then, married, who knows, you know? But she is still, well, I hope she's still not, but it's Virginia, so I wouldn't be surprised. But um, she was sentenced for a very long time for... A, a complete mistake from the beginning. Like maybe she shouldn't have had sex, you know, maybe she shouldn't have unprotected sex, but from the very beginning, it just was a trickle down effect. And what was her mind frame? Like, right. Her mind state. So that's what I'm saying. I remember that story. That was years ago. Like I'm talking about, I was a freshman in college when I heard that story and I was like mind blown. Like, are you serious? Oh my God. 
you know, and then after that, more recently, um, like I was saying, you know, we see R. Kelly and everything and it's like, oh, so bad, so bad. But then on the flip side, when you see a quote unquote angry black woman, there's no empathy for her. None. Like maybe she has been through something. Maybe her mentals are not stable because she's traumatized. Maybe she has PTSD. Maybe she was sexually assaulted. And never told anyone. You know, I'm not saying to sit there and think of the worst, right? And when you, when you see someone being angry or being, you know, that you, you know out of the norm or maybe not, you know, or fucking the zone up or the mood up. I'm not saying like, hey, this person, we have to stop what we're doing and focus on why they're upset. But I would say give each other a little bit of grace, you know, especially black women. Like, let's take that title off of us, the angry black woman, and give them a little grace. Like, you know, first of all, I've never, you know, like, if, especially if you're not a black person, and especially if you're not a black woman, because this goes for black men as well. You know, instead of being like, oh, she's so angry, she's so this, like, what can possibly have happened to cause this? Maybe that might help, help you guys communicate and get to a point of healing, right? So the reason why that's a nice segue, like the angry black women. So I heard another story about um, a guy, he's like 45 years old, right? First of all, he has multiple kids already and he has quote unquote you know I hate that term but he has baby mothers <laughs> that are his age 45 46 etc but now he started to like regenerate I guess his kids is old now like they're 22 23 like they're adults you know so he's like now I'm gonna start a new set and he got with a girl so okay he's you know, I don't want to make sure I'm messing up the story because it was on YouTube, but he got with the girl when she was 18 and now the girl is like 28. So about 10 years. So, and he was about 35 when he got with her and now he's like 45. Listen to that. Listen to that. What 18 year old girl, before we even go into the telltales of this cautionary tale, what 18-year-old girl at 18 can really make life-changing decisions, right? To say, hey, I can tell this 35-year-old guy <laughs> what I need and what I want and what's going to be done so we can create a family. Now, there are some very mature people, you know, I've seen them and God bless them. Kudos. I've seen some people get married young, even killed though, like same age, like we're setting out on this and we're doing this journey together and you see them married for years and all that good stuff. But 35 and 18, 30 and 18 is predatorial, you know, 21 and 18 is not that bad. It's, it's like, mm, you should be venturing up, not back, but definitely at 30, 35, you should not be looking at anyone in high school, fresh out of high school, right? Because you've lived a worldly life and this is a child, technically speaking. So even worse, 
and listen, I, you know, because I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want anyone out there to be like, oh, clean. So what are you trying to say? Because I had a kid at 16. I didn't know what I was doing. My mind wasn't right. Like, blah, blah, blah. No. But what I am saying is, could it possibly be that it, you know, might have caused some PTSD in some people? Maybe it kind of, you know, like, you know, this was a good, healthy child growing up. And then they got pregnant at 16. And then now they're just angry they yell they beat their kid they just you know they're crazy like could it just be that someone took advantage of this kid and now they're continuing to be taken advantage of by another person another adult who's supposed to be their boyfriend or their husband because they're looking for a, a way out or a rescue I'm not saying it's right but i'm just saying like could it be that things are happening to little girls where they're not emotionally intelligent and then as they grow with that drama or that trauma I should say and they grow with that pain it kind of makes them hardened women and that how the coin phrase becomes angry black women think about it it's such a it's such a divisive situation right now in the black community I try not to jump into and pick sides or whatever I try to look for empathy and, and understand each side of the coin so you know I already told you I you know, venture down the rabbit hole of the passport bros and the tea parties and the Cynthia G's. I have no problem with Cynthia G and her message. I actually find it very entertaining and I agree. So there you go. Check out Cynthia G on YouTube if you want to see what she's about. Um, but what I will say is I do notice that um, it's always empathy. We're supposed to, in the black community, black women you know, men, everything. We're supposed to rise our man up to the top, put him up front, have empathy for him. Like, hey, he has to get it together. Hey, he doesn't have it together. Hey, give him a little bit of time. Oh, it's okay. Like, we celebrate them coming out of jail, but we don't want to reinforce getting a job. Like, all type of weird stuff in our community when it comes to the black men, right? But when it comes to the women, is zero tolerance. It's like, you know, for part of my French, either you're going to give up that ass or you're going to... um work hard <laughs> you know what i'm saying like if you look good you might get a meal ticket if you don't look good struggle bitch like it's crazy you know I, it, it's like a definitely a double-edged sword a double-sided plate for lack of a better word and only one person gets to eat off that plate in the community at times and then an empathy you'll be oh you know it's hard for the black man you know how they do them yeah that's at the forefront but guess who's stuck holding the bag in the community Okay, so back in the days, a lot of people didn't realize that black families was one of the most successful nuclear families of all times. Healthy children, healthy relationships, husband, wife, kids. Sometimes they would even have their elders with them, their grand, their parents, parents, everyone's living together. Everyone's taking, you know, pitching in at the house and, you know, the father's bringing home the bacon, mama's frying it up in the pan, the kids are going to school, they're helping out, you know, around the house. And it was a family unit. I don't know about any other races. I'm telling you about our race, the, my race, you know, and, um, you know, and that, that includes the Caribbean people because a lot of Caribbean people say, oh, I'm not black. I'm not American black, but the same thing has happened there, you know? So I don't, I don't want to hear that. But, um, then you see where, what happens, um, for one reason or another. First it was like, oh, if you want to get a good job for your family, you have to travel. I remember 
episodes of Good Times where they would show that type of lifestyle where, you know, they were struggling in the projects. And then Florida Evans would be like, James, don't leave the family. We need you here. And James would be like, I got to go up to Alaska and work on a pipeline. That's the only way I'm going to get money for the family. And James is gone for nine months. And guess what? Ultimately, Florida is a single mother living in the projects with her kids. But that's aesthetically what it looks like. In reality, James was in Alaska working on the pipeline and sending home money until he got killed. And then when he got killed, then the aesthetics became real. She looked like a single mother, but her husband was away. Now her husband was passed on. They didn't have those benefits. They didn't have insurance. And there was no way that they were leaving the projects at that point. Right? So those are the type of images that were put up in front of America. Right? Those weren't the images that you see when you go into black communities. Right? Um, they put that up for everyone else to feel good about their piece of shithole life and say, yeah, you know, at least you're not the niggers. At least you got, you know, your mom and dad in the house. You're, you're poor as shit. You got dirt floors and you don't bathe, but you got your mom and dad. These niggas don't. And it was a lie. We had clean houses, food, f good food, growing our own crops, building our own houses, owning the land that was tilled and growing and successful and thriving until either it was taken away or torched or taken away and torched or flooded in some cases, you know, but they don't write, they don't, it's so hard for everyone to give grace to the black community when it comes to stuff like that. Like, could it be possibly that all this stuff that has been happening perpetually over time has fucked with the black people's mentals? Like, I think that we should be the people with the most PTSD ever. Okay, because of the shit that we've been through. And then the, I, don't, I won't even go there about education and all that stuff because I don't have kids, so I digress. But yeah, it's okay to go tour a slave plantation and it's okay to like look at the history, like, oh, the great history of the South and whatever. But we gotta acknowledge the pain in order to appreciate whatever pride or pleasure you you get out of the other side of it. It came at the expense of other people, black people, you know? So just like with that, and with me going on that rabbit hole that I did not mean to go down, but just like with that, could it be a lifetime of societal, um, emotional, even in your house, in your house, what would that be? Domestic abuse and exposure and just trauma that can cause people to become a little bit more hardened and more defensive, more aggressive in their interactions, more protected of themselves because they always been given the short end of the stick. Could that be possible? I don't know. I think about things like that because I kind of see it. I kind of see it happening and I'm like, wow, they didn't give that person no grace. So anyway, like I was saying about the story with the guy, to circle back before I go to the second half, which is still about girls. We're keeping it on my black girls today. But um, yeah, so the guy was like 35. The girl was like 18. So now he's 45 and she's 28. 
um, she had a kid when she met him, then they end up having another kid together. So they have two kids. He basically, those are his kids, right? Because he, he caught shit. She's his kid too, in my opinion, because what the hell are you doing? A 18 year old, 35 year old man. But anyway, um, now she's 28 and guess what? Now she's coming into herself. Now she's understanding what she likes, what she don't like. And what I don't like is being over here with this old ass man. Yeah, we got kids. Yes, I didn't understand because I was not emotionally intelligent enough to understand what was happening, coupled with the mental and physical abuse that he was, you know, exposing to her and the children daily. You know, because abuse don't always have to come in the form of a hand hitting you or whatever. It could be mental. It could be like, oh, you you could never get nobody like me. You can never have live in a house like this. You could you once you leave me, you're never gonna have it this good. That's mental abuse. You know, if someone says that to you, run. Red flag, run. If someone hits you with the I don't know, I some some of you Christians might get a little upset with me with this. But even with the Bible, if someone hits you with the Bible too much and is using that as like the roadmap red flag. Like I can, I, you know, they say two or more in the house of the Lord is church and I'm more than willing to praise the Lord. But if it's like, you know, we're going to be like living like that. We had to see that movie frailty, which is a perfect example. Frailty. This guy had a, a religious, you know, experience and he was set out to do a task for the Lord. His son, one of his sons said he couldn't see the visions. So he felt like, am I not worthy of the Lord? Am I not worthy to be saved? Because I can't see these visions that my father is seeing. But the dad was killing people. The, he was saying that the Lord was telling him to kill people. And this traumatized the little kid. He's like 12 years old. He's like, dad, we were fine. We were so happy. We were having fun. We would play games. And then you just got religious and started killing people. This is not right. So he tried to stop his dad. It didn't work. The dad was like, it's going to be your turn when I die. You guys are going to have to carry on the, the tradition for the Lord and kill people. And in the end, because he never saw the visions, but he did see the, tr the trauma and experienced, the, you know, the violence firsthand, he became a serial killer. Right. So this was a move, a real good movie called frailty. If you look that up, that's what I'll tell you about that. But, um, yeah. So why would it like, he was 12 years old. He saw his dad do something that was supposed to be good and righteous and for their betterment, but it messed him up and it made him become a serial killer. Right. So if you mess with a little girl, like she's 16, 17, yeah, she might be filled out. And that's what the thing, like, you know, you always hear like the elders. And I feel like maybe because those women before, like the mothers and the grandmothers and the great grandmothers before might've been exposed to that. Because I told you on the same, she can talk podcast about Aretha and her daddy, Aretha Franklin. And, um, you can just continue on down the line, Tina Turner, um, so many women that have been exposed sexually before they, they should have been, you know, and that was just the norm. You don't talk about it. You just keep it moving. I told you about Marvin Gaye and the 14 yogurt. He's a prime example. Oh my gosh. A prime example of he fetishized after the young girls, right? Even to the point that they gave him a 
a beard, you know, or they, they call it a beard, like a covert or a front. But they gave him a wife, an older wife, an older than him wife, to counteract or to offset those rumors that he was obsessed with young girls. And I have a whole episode on that. Go back, she can talk the podcast. But yeah. So how is it the girl's fault? How is it the girl's fault? You know, Aretha Franklin, we all know now, God bless the dead, but is out there allegedly. I'm not because I don't want no problems, you know, so it is allegedly that her father fathered her two first older children. So her first two sons were also her brothers by way of the father, who's her father as well. And she was 14 when she had that first baby. Did that make her a little? Did that, because if you look at it, even on the Wu-Tang show, and this is all alleged, I'm just going by stuff, but even on the Wu-Tang show, they was like, oh man, like, you know, just one of the um, dialogue, they were like, oh man, you know Aretha a freak. Talking about Aretha Franklin and how she a freak because, you know, I guess stuff they probably heard about her in those times, you know, in the 20s and the 30s. I, I heard that she was like, it was some other singer she was obsessed with or dating and another girl was dating and they had like a sing off in the church over the nigga all type of stuff right this is all alleged before my time but it's out there if you really want to go down the rabbit hole you can because i i did you know so because this girl was talented and she could sing that means she was ready for to be a mother at 14 and then again at 16 and then again at 18 and then again at 19, and then again at 22, and then, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that okay? You know? No, it's not okay. And you know why you know it's not okay? Because they would hide it and cover it up all the time. You know what I'm saying? In the past. So you'd, like, find out later on, like, oh, damn, that's not my sister. That's my mother. And you would hear all type of weird stories in, um, you know, the community, the, you know, and I don't know if it happens in other communities, but in the black community, you know, like, and you would hear all these weird random ass stories about siblings finding out their real lineage as time goes on. Crazy, real crazy. But who is to blame for that? The 14 year old girl, the 15 year old girl, the girl that got pregnant at 16, or the 35-year-old man that's, you know, interested in dating her. Or the 27-year-old man that got her pregnant. Like, who should be thinking right or wrong here? So that now no one saved her, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk from a first-person perspective, so hopefully you can think about it like that. So you now have been, you know you've been a victim of predatorial behavior. You were 16, you got pregnant for a 27-year-old man. Now your mother is like, you're going to stay home and raise this baby because since you want to be out in the streets doing grown people stuff, which you can't blame mama. Like, you out there doing that shit? Why I got to be in here taking care of your kid? You're bugging out. I get it. So now the mother's talking to her like, you going to be here, boom, 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 and now you're an adult. That's your repercussion. So now she's like, you know what? I'm an adult. I got a kid. I could do what I want to do. It's on from here. 
and they just continue on, continue on, and don't even know the difference of maybe what could have been versus what it is, right? And maybe it might take a little bit, like some people say having kids, and I don't want to make it seem like uh, this is a blueprint for everyone. I'm just trying to find um, some type of grace and understanding for this angry black woman coin phrase and for the women like myself included and other women that have been predatorily preyed upon by the men of our community you know and whose fault is it is it my fault you know like I tell you about my story I was young I was fresh out of high school 17 years old and I went to college like at 17 my mother was like no I don't want you to go and hindsight now, at the age I'm now, I understand, like, you don't want your 17-year-old daughter, you know, to be that far away from you. Like, oh, my God. Especially now, especially what I'm talking about today, predatorial behavior. You don't want your kid to be a victim of that. I get it. I wish I listened, you know, for numerous reasons. I wish I listened. But we can't cry over spilled milk, right? I went to school. Everything is good. Thought I was grown. Started dating a 26-year-old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, this is not bad. Mind you, I am just turned 18. So I got there in August. I was 17. And in January, I turned 18. So I had met the dude like November, October. So I was like 17, about to turn 18. But And I'm like, oh, and then I guess in his mind, he was like, you're not in... You're, you're a whole state away from your parents so you're good to go <laughs> you know maybe that's what he thought or whatever and he um treated me like an adult I was like treat me like an adult All right and then after I got treated like an adult and played out like an adult I was mentally traumatized for years after that dated other people even married another person that was more compatible age-wise and everything. Good guy. But I could not have given 100% of me because I was traumatized from something that happened to me before I met any of them. And I had no way of how I could articulate this. I, I, could, I didn't know how to say I was hurt. I was a victim. This is what happened to me. I felt like no one was there to protect me. So that's why I did what I did. That's why I lashed out. That's why I built this barrier around me. You know, now as a grown woman that, you know, you live through it, you heal through it, and every day is a healing process, you can kind of talk about things a little bit, and I still can't. Not in too much detail, but um, we all have been through some traumatic shit, right? I don't care what color you are. The point that I'm trying to make is, can we have a little bit more grace for black women and our plight? Now, I get it because sometimes I'm here watching YouTube and, you know, you hear a lot of those like, hey, nah, 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 and these motherfuckers have dance. Nah, 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 nah. And it's like, oh, my God, you're a podcaster. You're fucking yelling, you know, and it's just like it gets irritating to your ear you know, but, um, and a message can get lost, you know, a message can get lost in the approach. 
And I've learned that the hard way. I've, I've learned that doing it differently. So yeah, I would say, um, I, I kind of understand and I'm just still trying to just find grace. Cause my whole thing is I would love to ultimately be able to break down the angry black woman, you know, because I know not only myself, but I know plenty of girlfriends that we hate that shit. We hate that term. When we get together, it's nothing but love. It's nothing but happiness, positive vibes, and we'll ride or die for each other and our family and our kids and our dogs and our husbands, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And we are a community. We come together, we cook food, we, you know, we bring love and joy. I experience that every time I get together with my tribe, you know? So I don't, I just want that to not be our, um, reputation any further, you know? Like just because a, a woman stay, you know, stands up for herself, sticks up for herself, doesn't mean she's an angry black woman, right? So like sometimes the people just come out out the blue and will pull your name out the fucking hat. You be like, bitch, I was over here minding my business. How am I in your drama? You know. And the reason I I thought about that real quick because um I thought of Sukiana. I love Sukiana. Shout out to Sukiana. Out. I, I think she's from Florida. She give me Florida girl vibes, so I love her. But um, yeah, she was on like the Love and Hip Hop show. She's a rapper. I could be messing it all up because I really just follow her on Instagram. But um, another reality star called her out to start. I said like, oh, you know, she's just so in bad taste. Blah blah blah. Mind you, the person that was calling her out was allegedly is a woman. Both of these are black women, mind you. But one that was calling the other one out was an alleged pimp of other black women back in the seventies or the eighties or whatever time frame she was popping. And now is saying that a girl that's, you know, happy with herself, happy in her relationship, happy in her skin and being sexy about it is, you know, it's your, um, she's derogatory you got to degrade her you got to make her you know and I just I hate the selective approval amongst us in our community and then we extend that out you know to other communities to come in and be able to feel like they had that selective you know approval over us as well you know it's so crazy so um that's one story um, but this is going to roll into another one because I don't want to spend a lot more time on that. But just tell me what you think. I would love to circle back on that because it's just me talking and me just like going through my observations that I've seen in the last couple of weeks. But I would really love to get, and I think I got in mind some really dope women that I'm going to um hit them up and see if they'll do a episode with me and we could talk about it. Like, hey, like, what do you, what do you think about that? Not necessarily saying everybody had to have trauma. Or every black woman is angry and, you know, just we're trying to justify why we're angry. Half of us, I'm going to say about 90% of us are not angry, right? But um, tone, like we don't have, like my voice is deep. So, you know, anytime I'm trying to lighten up my voice, it's not authentic. If I'm like, oh my God, hi, oh my God. And I do, Colossus will be laughing at me like, yes, you're funny. But you know why I have to do that? Because I'm 5'11". You know, especially when I had dreads. Oh, my God. But 5'11", black woman, deep voice, 
you can't ask for the fucking salt and pepper with a little base. They're going to think you angry just for being, just being your presence, your hair. And that shit is blows my mind. So I got some, some pretty dope women. I'm going to invite them out. Hopefully if, if we can coordinate with, this would be a dope discussion to talk about it and just see like, Am I on to something? And guys, chime in. Am I on to something? Could PTSD, could trauma, could being a victim of these creeps like Cassidy was talking about and like what, you know, Colossal said used to pick up the girls he liked from high school and like R. Kelly used to keep under the sink. That's my joke. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> but, you know, all of those type of guys. Could it be that those girls were victims of predatory situations that caused them to become defensive down the line? And and then could it be because they felt like society never protected them, never cared about them? So, so I have to be strong and I have to care for myself and I have to make sure I can move forward and be safe if it means me not smiling, if it means me not looking at you, if it means me not even dating so I can have a peace of mind because I, I watch it. Shout out to like, I think it's, and I, I don't want to butcher the YouTube channel, Leah Gordon or Leah Gardone, but she always highlights domestic abuse situations in the black community. She highlights women that are victims. Nine times out of 10, her, her, her episodes are about someone that got killed, you know, by a significant other. And it's a black girl killed by a significant other. And 99% of the time, that significant other is a black male. Once or twice, it might be a gay relationship or it might be a man of a different color or a different race. But 99.9% .9 of the time, it's a black man killing a black woman. That's what's her, the topics of her shows. Very, It's kind of dark. It's kind of morbid. Like, I couldn't sit there and watch a whole, like, I'm just going to go through her videos because it is sad, you know? But it'll pop up just like everything else do. And I give every, everyone a little shine and listen. Like, let me see what's going on here. You know, that's how I do my observations, you know, between facts, the news, um, hearing the actual victims and the families of the victims to hearing from other YouTubers and bloggers and podcasters and hearing their opinions and takes on things. And that would help me form my opinion to say, you know what? Could it be this? Could it be that? Right? So I'm not a doctor. I am not a lawyer. I'm not anything to say, you know, I am a professional at this. This is strictly my opinions, but it's like, I, I'm trying to help not only myself, but my listeners, you guys out there in talk land to maybe look at things from a different perspective, not necessarily to be defensive because I don't want to come off defensive or that's not the goal. We cannot reach understanding with anger. You know, we can't meet with anger and think we're going to have a common ground of neutrality. No. So this is not from that point of view. I'm not coming from that angle. I'm just saying like, could it be? And then also even with myself, I remember a couple of like, this is way before Colossal and I, you know, got together and I call myself 
putting myself or going outside, as they say these days, right? So I was like, oh, I'm single. I'm going to go to the bar and meet some friends for happy hour and see what's popping. So I remember one time, one night, my um girlfriend called him. You know, this was I was in, living in Virginia Beach. And she was like, oh, come to the bar. It's happy hour. It's some, you know, dudes up here. They buying drinks, girl. Come on up. They look good, too. Everybody's nice. It's a couple of guys. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm not really, I don't really get excited off of that like oh I'm gonna go meet some guys you know but the thought of you know I was gonna go get happy hour drinks anyway and I have money to pay for happy hour drinks so that's another thing I'm not going there like oh they're paying for drinks I'm on my way because you know chicks will come with nothing and I can't front younger Colleen has done that too at one point in time like I'm gonna go I'm the present (laughs) I'm here so I want chicken wings, fried rice, and then they go like, uh, no. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, being young and dumb, you learn your lesson. So, no, I'm not coming out without money. And then we're going to go do what we got to do. So I went out, walked into the bar. My friend was like, oh, there she go. You know, like pointing to me. I'm coming across the room. And the dude, one of the dudes stood up. And he was like, the way you walked in, I wouldn't buy you not one drink. And I was like, well, damn, what did I, I just walked in. He was like, you don't got no smile on your face. You don't look happy. You just walked in on me. And I was like, how the fuck? I just walked in. Like, I didn't talk to anyone. There was no reason. Like, I didn't think I should have a, a big smile on my face. But that was something that stuck with me over the years. Like, damn, am I fucking angry? Am I just a mean person? But really and truly, just for everyone who has ever encountered me and thought I was a bitch or a mean person, you got, could it be that I um replay the trauma over in my head in in an attempt to avoid future trauma? And then as I'm doing that, I'm building a barrier. Yeah, I think that's what kind of happened. It ain't even know could it be because I'm talking about me. That's what happened. But I learned over years, like, you can't you can't meet grace with non-grace, right? If you want grace, you got to give a little grace. If you want to smile, you got to give a little smile. If you, you know, like, I live around here by some extremely old people in Florida. Like, I think all the people come and retire in my town. But, um... So it was a point in time, like over the years now, it's getting more younger. It's more, we're getting, it's more of, you know, the age groups and more hip people living in in the area. But when we first bought the house out here, old white people, everywhere you go, old, not even old black people, just old white people. And they had a, a sense of entitlement to them that I didn't understand because I'm from New York and, you know, everyone could get it. You know, saying where I'm from, so I didn't understand that shit. Like, bitch, you're not supposed to just step in the front of the line, in front of me in line. Well, I don't know what the fuck 1954 you think this is. So I had me a couple of those, not a lot, but like once or twice, right, with the old people, and they were shocked. Like, oh, this is you're not that bitch. No, I'm not, ma'am. I'm not. However. I started to learn to give them a little grace, you know, like as time went on, like they old, you know, the entitlement is, and the audacity is crazy, but give them a little grace. I'm like, Hey ma'am, you know, the line starts back there behind me. 
versus being like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and going off with somebody old granny, you know? And they'd be like, oh, I didn't see it. In my mind, I'd be like, bitch, you seen that shit. But we don't have to have an argument about it. And I don't have to call you a bitch. I just said, ma'am, the line starts behind me in case you were confused, but I'm in line. And then they would be like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. And then, then sometimes they'll, like, have a little attitude because you corrected them. They thought they was just going to step in front and get away with it. And then some people were kind of, kind of embarrassed because you checked them. And they'll be like, I'm so sorry. And then they'll start trying to have a whole conversation with you after they get online behind you. And you're like, it's not that serious. I'm just going to pay for my stuff and get on, on down the road. You just wasn't going to inconvenience me and step in front of me when the whole line is behind me. But, you know, all that to say is um, give a little grace. You get a better result, right? So I could scream on these old people and get, you know, charges. Or I can give them a little grace because they're old. And maybe they don't even fucking see. Some of them got tunnel vision and poor, poor sight. So maybe they don't see. So I'm just saying, like, the way I give the old people grace in the area where I live and stuff like that, I just want a little grace, too, for... Not only myself, but other black women out there that have been called angry or, you know, have an attitude or she's so mean and nasty. It's like sometimes when a black woman just talks, hello, I don't like her. She's mean and nasty. Like the bitch just said, hello, you don't want to hear me talk. Then you, you're really going to say I'm mean and nasty. And it's to the point now, like, um... It was a point in time, I should say. I, let me correct. That was a point in time where I cared. Like, I was like, I think it was kind of shortly after that dude said that to me at the bar. and was like, yo, no one's going to buy you a drink the way you walked in. Like, you walked in mean as shit. All right? And I was like, well, damn. Okay. Well, guess what? I'm not giving out no pussy either, so we even. <laughs> you know, that's how I looked at it. However, going forward, I was like, you know, let me... I started to think about that. Like, I don't want to be an angry person. I don't want to be a mean person. Like people scared to approach me or whatever. So as time went on, I tried to work on it. And, um, I don't know. I think my biggest problem is, you know, cause in my twenties, especially in my twenties, like my teen years a little bit, but definitely in my twenties, I felt like I got played a lot, you know, like, with my music, with my love life, with friends, with family, with jobs, just like every avenue. I, I recently had a um, girlfriend of mine come visit me from Atlanta and she was saying, remember we worked at this job and we used to work for this like cable company in Virginia. And then like she FaceTimed another one of our old coworkers that we used to work with. And I'm like, Girl, I smoke so much weed. I don't remember these people. But anyway, I'm on the FaceTime with them. Like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? And he's like, oh, my God. The guy, as soon as he saw us, he was like, Colleen, oh, my God. Both of you together, it's hell on wheels. Like, because we were, we were tight as thick as thieves back in those days. Me and my girlfriend, my homegirl. Because, you know, you can't say girlfriend these days. People take it to the left. My homegirl. So, anyway, so my homegirl, um... The guy said, remember that, um, like, I don't know. I'm just going to say a name. So this is not their person. They're like, remember John used to always be fucking with Colleen, the supervisor, John, he, every minute he was pulling Colleen to the office. And I was like, I forgot about that shit. And it, it brought back trauma for me. 
you know, they thought that you know, them reminiscing about that was a cool thing. And if we could joke about it, but I blanked it out. And when he said the dude's name, like the supervisor's name and, and we was like, for the life, and then he said, for the life of us, we didn't know what you did, why they every minute was trying to just like get you in trouble. And I was like, I don't even remember either. Like, that's so crazy. You know, I was just like targeted, you know, and they was like, yeah, you were, you know, like you could have went and, you know, did something about that because that was crazy. And I was like, yeah, but you know, that's the thing. Like I always get, I'm always like, you know, targeted for one reason or another and I'm so used to it that I don't even try to fight back I just like move on like okay another L so that's how my 20s went you know what I'm saying my 20s was like that so then my 30s I started flipping shit over I was shaking the table flipping the fucking table over you hear me so I was like I'm gonna get me a couple of weapons (laughs) I'm not fucking with these people out here you know and then then it became oh she's scary and dangerous You know, like, she'll fuck a nigga up, excuse me, a guy up, you know? And it's like, no, I mean, I don't want to be known for that, but I got to defend myself and I got to protect myself, you know? And then everybody, then I started to look and realize, like, why is no one around me? Why is everyone scared to be my friend? Because you would lose it if you felt in the slightest of offense, you know? And that's because I I didn't realize it then, but realizing it now I could talk about it and articulate it. But I was working and making up for the L's I took in my 20s. So I was like, I'm not taking no more L's when I hit my 30s. I was like, fuck this, no more L's. I'm going hard. And anyone, like anything... Like anyone like that offends me in real time, you're going to get it. Like, yo, don't talk, don't say that to me. What you talking about? Real time. But even me right now, just reliving that, I feel like a little headache, a little throbbery in my forehead because it raises your blood pressure. It gets you excited for no reason, you know? And then it makes you just look crazy because, or two things. It makes people feel like, oh, I know what button to push to get her to react the way I want her to react. Or B, A, I I control her emotions. So, you know, either way, they just feel like they got a control of you. So I had to learn that too because you start seeing people after a while, like something might have set you off and then a couple of months later, somebody like, Colleen, so-and-so said this about you, knowing that that set you off like three months prior. It was like, so I just start you know, in my thirties now I'm starting to cuss y'all out. Like, well, what the fuck you telling me for? Cause you, if they felt comfortable telling you, that means you was talking shit about me too. So I don't fuck with you either. Then they started realizing like, Oh, she is a bitch, you know? So it's like, you can be 20 clean, 20 year old clean and take all the L's, take all of the bullshit. You could be the 30 year old clean, where you're like, man, fuck that shit. I'm going to fight back. You know what I'm saying? Or in the 40s now, we, we got to be a little bit more strategic. And that's where I'm at with it right now. Like, more strategic. Like, you know, we got to think about how we um move. I got shit to lose. And what's more important, the revenge or... You know what I'm saying? Like, you moving on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to really 
weigh your pros and your cons, especially when you got shit to to lose. So, you know, it's better to talk things through. And also with me, I think, you know, in my, at the age I'm now, I feel like talking things through and also trying to find the root cause of what caused the initial trauma helps too. Right. So I can bring mine back to like my household growing up as a kid, you know, like I had a lot of good memories, you know, but I had a terrible sibling rivalry in my home, you know, and you would, you would think that it should not be the case because it was a boy and a girl, not two sisters, not two brothers. It's like a boy and a girl, a brother and a sister with, you have your toys. I have my toys. I wear dresses. You wear pants. Like we're two different fucking beings, but it was a real serious rivalry to the point that, yeah, it has still, I still have trauma behind that today. And I think that that has, um, played a part in, um, how the way I move today, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, do I trust people? No, <laughs> you know, um, family definitely because I've, you know, like I, I was telling you earlier about like some of these girls that might feel like, you know, oh, damn, this 35 year old guy was able to take me from my mom and marry me or convince me and, you know, just feel like in the end they didn't have the, uh, the proper protection around them. Right. So I kind of felt like that with my family, just like, you know, when it comes to like the sibling rivalry and just family, like I didn't have a lot of family support, family security to make me feel like, yeah, like, like financial security, everything else. My family was there. I went to private schools all my life. Like I could tell you, but you know, finances, is something different than, um, feelings and being emotionally supported, you know, and, um, just to feel secure, like make the kids feel secure. Like, yo, you're safe regardless of whatever. I didn't have that, you know? So, um, don't get me wrong. I love my brother, but it's, it's a, it's a tough love because it's a sibling, just the way we grew up and the trauma, you know? And then the thing is some people, that still like to relish in that trauma would still be like, forget about it instantly. And but, Oh my God, I love you. I'm happy. Let's, and you know, but all that is, is, is to will you back into more trauma, you know, and not only, you know, family, but friends like your homegirls, your homeboys, um, your coworkers, you know, there's a lot of people out there that feed on trauma. They feed on drama. They feed on you being in a fucked up place because guess what? They're in a fucked up place. So they can relish and feel better knowing that you feel more fucked up than them, you know? So I had to learn to control my emotions early out, you know, from sibling rivalry to my twenties where I took so many L's, you know, I'm, I, I put so much on the line for myself. I, I look at, um, for others, I should say, I look at back at stuff now and I'm like, damn, if I was just in a different mind state or had a different support system in my twenties, do you know how many acres I would be owning now? More than I got. Trust me. We got a nice piece of land, but you know how much, man, it'd be crazy. But, um, yeah, those are things that are just not afforded to little black girls, you know, support, you know, unless you, sad to say, like, I have this one cousin that, um, her mom is really not black, you know, and her father is black, 
and they've been together ever since the 70s. I mean, you know, my aunt would tell you she's black. Like, she's, don't, don't tell her she's not. But, um, you know, priv- life and privilege has been different for them because of certain things, you know, like my aunt's aesthetics or whatever, then my cousin's an only child, you know? So in the instance like her, but, um, I don't know, like I would have to have, I don't want to speak for her and say like, she didn't have any trauma in her life or anything like that, but she lived a pretty good life. has a really great support system and you can see it. And in my opinion, I feel like it's because her mom aesthetically is not black, you know? So she would get that support you know, and, um, even just the opportunities that would flow, like even the way that, um, her mind frame is, you know, like I recently seen and I was like so impressed. Like I love my little cousin. So this is no hate at all, but, um, she was raised differently. So I, I do want to say like, not all black girls go through trauma and drama and whatever like that, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, I cannot, you know, just aesthetically looking from the outside in, I've seen a lot of young, you know, I've seen a lot of black women live good lives and don't have PTSD and trauma because they weren't exposed to craziness or madness, right? But um, if you grew up in an urban setting, if you grew up around, you know, more people than just your family because, you know, living in the city, living in an apartment building is hundreds of people in there. You ride the train every day. You go to school. Just anything can freaking happen. You look at the news, things can happen. Um, it's a little bit, you're a little bit more exposed than others, you know, in certain scenarios and situations, but I just want everyone to have a little grace, have a little grace towards them, you know, that's it. So on the subject, but moving towards a different part of it, because I don't want to be too, um, what's the word I'm looking for down and, you know, going down that rabbit hole. I'm going to revisit that though. So we'll talk about that more to come, but I read an article, so we're on to the next subject. This might be a longer episode than normal, but fuck it. I haven't been here for a while. But um, I seen an ep- uh, article in Vibe magazine, well, Vibe.com, because really, who has magazines these days, right? But um, Vibe, they had an article, and I am going to quote the article because I do not want to mess it up. So let me pull that up here, and I could tell you what it is but Rory and Mal right I don't know if you guys remember Rory and Mal but they are the guys that were the co-host on Joe Budden's podcast so I think I believe they have their own podcast now and they're still doing what they're doing and the stuff the subject that was brought up was the success of the female MC Ice Spice Ice Spice is from the Bronx right she's um Puerto Rican or Dominican and black. She's very fair skin and she rocks a curly red Annie Afro majority of the time. So that's what she was known for. And she has a couple of hits, right? The songs bang. You could definitely hear them in the club. People like it. It's, it is what it is. So they got into a debate and it said Rory and Mal debate whether colorism played a role in Ice Spice's success. And I said, huh, this is a very interesting article because, you know, to hear a lot of people tell the story, you know, that's not the case. You just got to work hard, 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 work hard, 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 work hard, 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 and you'll get it. Just grind, 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 just grind, 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 and you'll get it. And And I'm not saying that's, you know, false statements. I'm not saying that it is. 
but um you know and they always say, oh it looks like it's it happened overnight but it didn't happen overnight they were working hard 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 they didn't sleep 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 they just was rocking 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 this is why they got it and i'm not here to agree or disagree once again i'm just want to get to the root cause of the thought right so they were saying that um on the show, on I guess on their show, they were talking about the success of Ice Spice, and they were saying how if she was dark skinned, she would not, you wouldn't even know who she is. She would not be this successful. They were saying that she's a cute girl, she's very sexy. That's the guy's opinion. I don't, you know, I think she's a cute girl, but I don't know. She looks young to me, but whatever. But on the flip side, and this is no disrespect to Ice Spice, I like her songs. Like I, I actually like um she and her mood. Like that's my joy. Damn, she and her mood. Like damn, she and her mood. I like that joint. Like I get a car classroom, but you don't act like you don't like Ice Spice. Like I never said I did. I like the joint. But as a performer, as an artist, as a person that's been on stage for years. When I first seen her couple of performances from when, they, when she first dropped and she was like hit the ground running, I was like, damn. So it kind of would make you feel like that. Like you just got to be light skinned because her performance was ass when she first was out there on stage. All she do is bend over, grab her pussy from the back. Yeah, I said it. And that's it. And shake her ass. But that was it. She didn't perform. She was out of breath. You know, she had a bad stage performance. Now, maybe they practiced. Maybe she's gotten better since then, you know. Another person that was like that was Sweetie. Sweetie's Filipino and black. Enough said. So, Sweetie, you know, she gives you just enough black, right? And she's performing. She's a cute girl. Can't rap. Stage performance is ass. Her performance is so ass they made, like, um, a thing, a running joke of it. Like, Sweetie got to go to performance school. Sweetie had to perform outside of, on the boardwalk to see if she could get people's attention. She's trying to become a better performer. Th- this is working backwards. Like, Beyonce was running in the heels with Destiny's Child before they got signed. You see what I'm saying? You didn't see her doing that afterwards. Ganga Lee was doing that shit before you knew who she was. Not after we blew up, but anyway. So, um, they were saying like, oh, it's just different now with the artist because, you know, you got to be viral and you, and then it just, it takes off quicker. I get it. I get it. I don't have no hate on that. It can happen. I could see, I see that happening. But, um, yeah, the question they posed was if she was dark skin, would all this fanfare be in effect? So check this out. There is another girl that's out. Her name is Scarlett. It's a few girls that are out, but I'm just talking about the New York girls right now. Um, she's dark skin. She's a pretty girl as well. She has a scar on her lip, right? So she has like an overgrown, like, I forgot what they call it. It was like a whelp when it, when the scar overgrows itself, but it's on her lip from her brother who hit her in the face with a belt. So, um, permanent scar, right? So now she's rapping. She's doing her thing. And I think she's talented too. The crazy thing is we used to follow well we noticed her colossal and i a couple of years ago i want to say right around the pandemic honestly on social media she was like the glizzy rapper like the glizzy is the hot dog right so back in the days a glock nine you know they shorten it or to put a little slang in it it was the glizzy the glock the glizzy glock so there was like a gun so 
I don't know because just like how in the 70s and maybe the 60s they said certain things and then when it got to the 80s and the 90s we said certain things and they looked at us like we were crazy like that word don't even mean that young blood you know so I don't know how the glizzy transformed from a gun to a hot dog plain and simple hot dog so we called her the glizzy rapper because she had like a hot dog like give me the glizzy yo i gets busy she was going off and we thought it was funny so we thought that this girl could really rap but i like the comical take that she has on it right and um i honestly didn't even realize her lip was damaged or scarred or whatever at first, like, uh, we've been following for a minute. Then you realize, like, oh, then she starts to tell you the story about what happened. You're like, oh, damn, trauma. Okay. So, um, yeah, she's a different type of girl. She's rhyming about different type of stuff than what um, Ice Spice rhyme about. They're both from New York. One's dark skin, one's um, light skin. So they're opposite ends of the spectrum all the way around. Um, and so I'm I'm curious to see how this play out. Like they so far they're bigging her up. Like she's getting a lot of run. She also too went to the Met Gala. A lot of people didn't realize that because a lot of the focus was around Ice Spice because she is the bigger, more popular artist of the two out of New York right now. But both of them, if I'm not mistaken, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe both of them attended the Met Gala this year, which to me is big because it takes um more established celebrities years to get that invite and some never do so that's interesting as well but um all that to say is is it true so i started to think i started to think about myself like you know i'm considered dark skin you know yeah um well lauren hill was dark skin and she did great you know but she also had a really nice support system around her Plus, she was also an actor in her own right prior to the group. She did several movies prior to the rap group. So in a weird way, it's like a no-brainer to have her in your rap group because she's a celebrity already, right? So maybe we'll not include her in this one for just the purpose of, you know, she had a lot of stuff going on for her. But I'm just talking about even kill, you know, no backing, no support system, that we know of, right? Because we don't really know what who's backing who and who's supporting who. We really don't know. But um is that true? Is is it is it true? Like Megan had a good run. Megan I believe is a dark skinned, beautiful black girl. But um also her drinking, also the negative publicity and the whole Tory Lane stuff, I feel kind of you know, dampened her image or her success story. But she was getting the love but i also seen a lot of people hating on her a lot of men like oh a stallion is a big horse is a male horse so that's a man and it's like because she's a tall dark-skinned woman she was a man so i heard that a lot like y'all can say i didn't say that but a lot of y'all said that about megan maybe behind closed doors you was like yo she's sexy as hell but when you was ready you would post on facebook like megan the stallion is a man okay then you go to someone like um from Megan Thee Stallion to like maybe Lotto, you know, Lotto is Mulatto, that's why her name is, she had to, she had controversy over her original name of Mulatto, because she has a white mother, black father, so she was proud to be a Mulatto, and then people took offense to that, now to me, I feel like, that's stupid, she is Mulatto, and if she wants to use that as a name, why the fuck not, like that's really what she is, it's like, oh, you have to be black, or you have to be, well, black you know like people be so 
upset if you don't claim black. But that's another story for another day. Um, yeah, so Lotto, she went, she shot up to, to the ranks because, you know, she's a pretty girl. But I feel like Lotto could really spit, too. So I don't want to take that from her and be like, oh, you know, she's not, you know, talented. But because of her looks, she got up to the top. I've seen that girl when she was a little girl performing in the malls, Lotto. So I think she deserves every piece of accolade that she gets, you know. Um, who else? You know, I'm just going through the light and the dark of the female MCs. But um, Rhapsody, you know, a lot of people love Rhapsody, but can't give you one Rhapsody song. I could be honest with you, I don't, I can't give you a Rhapsody song. But I am familiar with her. I'm familiar with her work. And I think she's a beautiful girl. You know, and I like her, um, the way she carried herself, but, um, is she as big as she could be? Like if, like, is it her complexion that's doing it? Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So this is a, it was interesting. This article that I read, cause I'm, it was basically saying like they're convinced is because she's light skinned and I'm like, really? So if that is really true, then a lot of us should just don't even rap. Just get a whole bunch of light-skinned girls and just rap. And if that's the case, like, should I find a light-skinned girl and just write for her and get my money that way? Fuck. Um, yeah, feeding into those um, stereotypes. So, yeah, that was just, like, a really – because I don't really have no facts on that one. I don't really have no research on that. I just really read an article a couple of days ago, and I said I wanted to touch on that with y'all and tell me what y'all think. But um, I got nothing. You know, what I see, I do see preference. I do see where they'll be like, oh, light skin, the lighter, the better. Oh, if you if you're white and you rap, it's your gold. You don't have to rap too good. They'll work it out for you. They'll punch you in every other word. Don't worry about it, baby. You look good. But if you don't look like that, then it's like, you got to rap. You got to grind. You got to wake up every day. You got to work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. Grind, 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 grind. Work hard, work hard, work hard. And keep your head up because they will eventually um, acknowledge you but not give you any opportunity. Work hard, work hard, work hard. So I don't know. You guys tell me. Am I am I um, feeding into those stereotypes myself? Uh, am I reaching? Because this is just observation. Like I don't want anyone to feel like this is set in stone. You know, this is how clean feels. I'm just observing things that have come across my timelines, my TV, my news feeds, whatever. And it make you go, hmm, I wonder. You know, so I just want to leave you guys with a couple of questions for the evening. Like, is that the case? Um, can it be the case that, you know, some of these girls, you know, were probably touched and stuff too early before they were emotionally ready or in some cases physically ready and that could cause the angry woman effect down the line and bring us to where we're at with that stereotype and any other stereotype is light skin uh um oh what is the word i'm about to say like a free pass go you pass go card to success like i'm light skin I don't got to rap. You can write it for me, you know, dress me, however you want to dress me and put me on a stage. Like, is that the extreme go? Like, the lighter, the better. 
the less black maybe the better is that a thing i don't know i'm asking so if there's anyone out there that would love to get on the cut you know the episode and talk about it with me give me your opinions i welcome it because i'm curious to know like is this this is this they literally did an article on this in vibe so i'm like is this a thing these are stuff that i would think about from time to time i wasn't like hardcore convinced like this is it this is definitely it you know but articles like that make you think like was i right in that thinking or am i just bugging out you know or are they reaching and I'm falling down a rabbit hole with them. So let me know because it's not something that I'm like, oh my God, if you're a dark skin rapper, give it up. No. There's a lot of girls out there, complexion, regardless if they're dark, light, white or not. I know some French girls that rhyme, some Asian girls that rhyme, some German girls. I, I know female MCs from all over the world, all colors and all, you know, sexual orientations and everything. And they're nice, you know, so I don't look at any of them and be like, oh, you, you're this, you, you, it's no possible you could be nice or you're that like, no, no, no. Let me hear what you got, you know, and I respect the craft me personally, but I'm not a gatekeeper in the industry. You know what I'm saying? I'm an indie label. I do what I can for my peoples with my label and for my, myself as an artist, but, um, I'm not a gatekeeper by far. I'm not a gatekeeper. So I'm just curious to know. And then, you know. Oh my goodness, I might be putting my foot all the way down my throat here, but is this this is just for observation's sake and this is just me asking questions out loud. But within sports, right? Within entertainment, you see a lot of successful men, black men that are not married to black women, right? So you see a lot of record producers, a lot of artists, a lot of athletes prefer first thing they prefer is white and then everything else after that right so could that drive their gatekeeping ways like my wife is white my female rapper should be white or close to it or at least close to my mulatto child I don't know like you know what I'm saying so I see a lot of people you know, a lot of women in particular, women of color, black women and their allies in particular that do talk lately about um, the extinguishing of not only women, because you see they're doing that near and far, taking away women's rights. But within those women's rights, we are at the bottom of the totem pole as a black woman. You know, we're not going to get the same health care. We don't get the same treatments of the doctor. You can have a whole fucking ulcer tumor hanging out of your fucking vagina hole and go into the hospital they'll be like oh you're fine just take some ambosol you're fine black lady a woman could come in with a fucking hair bump from a different color and if she's going into surgery immediate radiation immediate treatment then and there we all know even serena williams a world-renowned tennis champion almost died because they looked at her and said, oh, she could take the pain. She's strong. So they don't look at us the same. I don't care what anyone say. They don't look at us the same. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it is true. I kind of see it where it feels like it is type of a, dis, a extinguishing, you know, or a extermination of 
black women, you know? And then, you know, I guess they'll figure out what to, what to do with the rest of y'all women. But, um, yeah, I think we're up first to bat. That's what it looks like in some cases, you know? Like, you know, because, you know, they'll, they'll say they had this whole thing about, like, you know, procreation. And if you are, we're making black men, but these black men don't like us, and they're going elsewhere, that's killing the bloodline. And everybody like, wherever I go with my blood is still my blood. Yeah, but the preferences will continue to thin out your blood. And then it won't be the same. So that's like a lot of things I think about. Like, yeah, you know, and it could start here. Like, for example, the the number one female rapper in like 1999 was Lauren Hill. But we also had Foxy. We also had, um, you know, Rod Digger. You know, we also had salt and pepper. One was light, one was dark. We had sweet tea, Queen Latifah, brown girls, you know, little Kim, brown girl. There was no one that you had to look like extremely mixed in those times. It was a lot of black women, like ethnically looking black women rapping. Compared to today, it's like, you have to look like you got something in you, even if you're black. It's like a certain look that you have to have. You have to, you know, look as far removed from black as you can make yourself. That's my opinion. Tell me if I'm wrong. And then tell me if there's, um, can we, are we, because I know they took Aunt Jemima off of the syrup. Can we take the Aunt Jemima off the rest of us now? Oh, okay. I'll leave it at that. But anyway, I know it might be a real heavy, heavy, heavy subject tonight. But I'm going to leave y'all with Ice Spice. And so you know how I already said, like, I like both the girls. I like Scarlet. I like Ice Spice. I just like the In Her Mood. I mentioned that song earlier, so it's on my head right now. So I'm going to play that one to end the show out today because that's how I do. I'm not going to leave y'all just on a thought like that without not ending it with a song so we're gonna end it in her mood because that kind of sums up this episode i was in my mood tonight and i wanted to talk about some things related to black girls you know um and and not come off as a a a defensive or offensive just like a neutral observant party you know who happens to be a black woman but i don't want to give you like this is why we like that because I can't speak for every black woman, you know. I have been personally hurt. And during that time when I told you I took a lot of L's from people, a lot of my L's were from black women as well, you know. So I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, I have a lot of allies amongst us, you know. And I, I know it tends to kind of feel like a fend for yourself because of all the stuff that we deal with and got to go through, etc. But, um... I definitely am seeing within the newer generations more camaraderie, more unity amongst the black women, and I like that. And hopefully it can trickle up to the older generations and more camaraderie and unity can be seen amongst black women there as well. But um, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. But for everyone else that I would say, if you want to be an ally, if you want to understand, speak on behalf speak to a black woman 
get some understanding first and lead with grace and empathy because I can say regardless of whatever, I, I think all black women could agree with me when I say we just want a little grace and empathy that you give to the rest of them. You give to the others that don't look like us. That's all, you know. It's like it's so understanding when it's someone else's happening to them. But it's like you can't miss a day. You can't miss a beat. You got to work, 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 work. I am not a fucking donkey. Like, come on. You know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't even fucking work the donkey like that. Humane. So I know it's hard to look in my black face and see yourself. Just like vice versa. But we are forced to have empathy towards the others. We just get a little bit of empathy back our way. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. You know? And, um... Think about it. We give a lot of grace to within the community and outside of the community to black men. You know, like I seen the Jonathan Majors thing. Oh my God, this episode's about to be long. But um, Jonathan Majors. You know, if you get technical, I started She Can Talk the podcast because of Jonathan Majors, Lovecraft Country. Go back to the beginning. This is all facts. You know, so I cannot say. I don't like Jonathan Majors. I'm a fan of his work, right? But I will say, after Lovecraft Country had a stellar one season, I was shocked to see that it did not get picked up for a season two. That was completely baffling to me. Like, what? I've seen the most shittiest of shows get picked up for a season two, but not Lovecraft. So I was upset, disappointed, but it kind of left me intrigued. Like, why? curious i should say like why why didn't it get picked up or renewed and then you just started seeing him everywhere so i was like oh i'm still getting my jonathan majors fix he's in the heart of they fall he's in you know kang the conqueror he's in ant-man he's in creed like i'm getting my fix you know then you start to if, you know just like for example i love little murder from p valley He's a great actor, J. Alfonso, J. Alphonse. You know, I, I love him and his wife, the way they move. So, you know, you start researching. Like, you people you're interested in, you start looking more. You want to see what other movie they're in. See, I even seen the movie The Last Man or The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which for some reason that movie drew me in, and it was a good movie by Jonathan with Jonathan Majors, and I loved it. So I was like, I love this. I said, this man can put anything on the screen. I'm going to watch it. I love him. Right. But then you started hearing swirls around <laughs> funny word, but you started hearing rumors swirling around him that, um, oh, he doesn't like black women. You know, he that's not his type, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, not that black man. No, nah, no, no strong black man. No, not the Lovecraft, not tick from Lovecraft doing us like this. But it was true. And for me, I think that's kind of whack fell back like I'm good on him you know like I didn't see Creed I'm good on him I don't want to see Kang the Conqueror and not just be, not because he's in a interracial relationship let me get that straight not because of that it's because the way he was justifying it I guess you know allegedly this is you know all the stuff that we're hearing and seeing and other bloggers talking about but he was like justifying being with a white woman versus a black woman. And that's the part I didn't like, right? Just say you like who you like. Like, my friend came here, and she was like, girl, 
I'm surprised you were with a black guy because this whole time we all knew you were going to be with a white guy. And I was like, ah, that's funny. She was like, no, seriously, we thought you were going to be with a white guy. How did this happen? <laughs> right? So running joke with me and some of my girlfriends. So I'm by far not saying anything like that. I'm not saying like, oh, they're wrong or I don't like them because of that. Nothing like that. It's the justification that you're using to date her. And then come to find out you're beating the shit out of her. You know what? White ladies, y'all can keep Jonathan Major. I want him to get with another, you know, one of his type. Don't come over here with that bullshit. <laughs> so if, stay with what you like, Jonathan. I encourage you to. And um, that's all I got to say about that. And I say, like, you know, we as black women, stay out of it. Mind our business. You see a lot of people like, it's messed up. They're doing Jonathan Majors like this. And y'all, you know, you're not supporting him. Dude just said a couple of months ago that we are last on his totem pole. Like, we are not it. So why do we have to get up and rally for him? He ain't in. He beating her like those white girls need to go rally on her behalf. You know what I'm saying? Not us. Remember, we're angry black women. No, we got a lot of shit on our plate. So, so stuff like that. I just think it's funny in a way that, you know, they'll put their justifications on like black women are too loud. Black women are angry. Black women are this. Black women are ghetto. But who the hell put us in the damn ghetto? Right? Because aren't men the leaders of the communities? Okay, I digress. I'm not going on that path. Go to you can there's a plenty a plethora of other people out there that go into that divide. Um, you can feel free to check them out. You know, I try to keep it light and just touch the top of the waters. This is a deep episode as it is, though, so there you go. But all that to say is, um, I'm saying to myself, you know, um, how did it become our fight? Just like when the guy in um, Miami, the Christian Obaselem dude and the white girl, Courtney Taylor, his OnlyFans girlfriend, dude went out his way. I'm talking about when you go to Twitter and you go to Instagram to say how you hate black girls, but you came out of black vagina. Your mother is black, African. You, but you hate black girls, and I get it. I guess they're saying they hate black American girls, whatever. You know, if you're here in America, you're American. So, yeah, you hate black girls because they're loud, they're ghetto, they're hypersexual. But you married a loud ghetto, well, not married, but he got with a loud ghetto, hypersexual white girl who's selling sex on OnlyFans. And only for her to turn around and kill him. And then after she kills him, all the tweets come out. Hey, I hate black girls. You monkey. I'm not a night rider. All this wild shit that he's saying about his disdain for black women. And then the men of the community get upset at us. At You know, well, I'm not going to put myself in that because I didn't jump into those chats or whatever. I just observed from the sideline. But they get upset at the women for saying, hey, Mind our business, ladies. This isn't our fight. Dude said he didn't like us. We were ghetto. We were loud. But guess what? We didn't kill him. Let's mind our business. Let the people that he like fight for it. Let the white girls have that fight. I think we should start doing that more often. Let them have the fight. 
You know what I'm saying? They get the benefits. They get the house and the SSI and the pension. Let them get the jail sentence and the fights as well. You know? So, and that's one thing I will say. I, um, You know, just be careful with that. You know, the justification. If you like a white girl, you fucking like your white girl. If you like if you like a white guy and you're black, you like your white guy and you're black. Like it is what it is. If you're like, "Hey, I like Chinese people," and that's it. That's your preference. Everyone has a preference. That's fine. Enjoy. But when you have to delve into saying, "This is why I like white girls," is because these black girls are loud or the reason why I like Chinese girls because these black girls are not submissive. That's stereotypes and that's just wrong, you know, and that's on all parts. Like I wouldn't even want to be the girl that's being raised up on the pedestal on the receiving end of the positiveness in that scenario. Like why put one down to make one other feel good? Like, no, just say, Hey, this is what I like. I rock with Becky, her, I rock with Jane, her, I rock with Keisha, her, like, I rock with her. Don't put a whole generalization on it, because that's why I think it goes wrong. But um, it's coming back around really fast. Like, it happened with Jonathan Majors, it happened with that guy in Miami, and now they're turning back to us, the aunties and the mamas, and, the, you know, in Amon, they looking for big mama with the apron on. I remember one dude said, these girls don't wear the aprons and uh, scarves like Big Mama and the muumuu dresses in the house like Big Mama and cook the food. Big Mama was depressed. I'm here to tell you. Big Mama was depressed. She ain't want to be there with your fucking kids. Trust me. Shit. She was miserable. Yo, when I was a little kid, my great-grandmother, who used to babysit us, right, she was the big mama. She was the one that cooked the food for us, took care of the children. She don't even fucking know the schoolwork properly, but she helping us and, you know, making sure we read and do the homework at nighttime while everyone else is doing whatever they got to do, right? My granny took care of the kids, my great-grandmother. And you know what she used to say? Her famous, famous saying when I was little, I used to like always impersonate her and say it and think it was funny. But as a woman, an adult woman, that living life and living this life, I understand mama now. She used to be like, I am a school girl in hell. I am a lap dog in hell. And I was like, mama, what do you mean? Me? Me's a lap dog in hell. That don't sound like a fucking woman that was happy. You see what I'm saying? All her life, she taking care of kids. All her life, she cleaning and have to take care of man, make sure him eat and food and thing and come on. Come the fuck on. And then nine times out of ten, dead before the husband. My granny was different, though. She outlived the kids, everybody. She was born in 1906 and died in 2000. So as much as she said she was in hell, she lived a good life. You know, but I get it. I get what she's saying. Like, something other than this every day. You know? I get it. So, who wants to do that? 
I think that this newer generation of life, we're waking up. We're like, hey, wait a minute. We don't got You turn 40, you don't die. You don't got to put on a muumuu dress and live life and be out of shape. You can exercise. You can eat healthier. You can, you know, diet, exercise, be a better. You can look like you 30 or you look like you 20 and you 50. Like, you know, it's different things happening. People, they say, are living longer. People are taking more health-conscious efforts to be healthier. So who's going to be sitting around like Big Mama? cooking all the soul food, like the soul food movie, you know what I'm saying, like doing all that stuff, making sure everybody good, it's depressing, and there's another thing is, it, it was a lot of dysfunction in families, that big mama had to keep everything together, you don't talk about that though, there's a lot of dysfunctions, a lot of baby fathers missing, a lot of husbands, a lot of broken homes, and big mama had to keep that together, and, ha- and, and have some type of stability for the kids, so when a lot of these guys come up now and they say, oh, I hate these black girls, you hate big mama, you hate your mama, you hate your grandmama, you know what I'm saying? Not just your sister, not just your baby mother, but you're hating the, the whole being of you, you know? So that's just the thing that, you know... I'm kind of all over the place with this episode, but that's just some of the things that I've been thinking about lately and it's been coming across my timeline, you know? Madness and mayhem, you know? Sheesh, I can go on and on, like, on and on because, like I told you, I don't come up here every day, but, you know, it's so much stuff that can just support what I'm saying about the colorism and the age, or ageism, if you want to call it, where... These older guys are predatory towards young girls, ruin them. And if for some reason turn it around and they're able to successfully blame them and it's their fault for the trauma bestowed upon them. They're angry just because it's like nothing can make you angry. You just were born. You're a black woman. You were born. You're angry. And I mean, there's a lot to make you angry. I get it. But we're not all angry. And just because a woman speaks up for herself does not make her an angry black woman. So I don't know. Those are things that I um think about all the time. And as of lately, you've just been seeing a lot of it come up, you know. So I just wanted to share those thoughts with you. But tell me what, what y'all think. I kind of had a little rant at the end. That was not part of it. But it was part of it. It all is all tied in together, right? And some people might feel I have some really strong opinions or views on this episode these are my opinions. I, I apologize if they rub you the wrong way because that's not the intent. But the intent is to have people think differently and let's start a conversation, you know. Let's start a conversation about it. Really, can we change anything? No. You know, because going back to Quincy Jones and even before him, you know, it was a thing. Sammy Davis Jr., like, entertainment preferred white women, you know, for their wives, for their you know, co-stars for their benefits recipient, <laughs> for the will, disbursement, whatever. They prefer that, right? But then we get tagged as angry. Well, bitch, wouldn't you be angry if you was the one not getting nothing? Ah, oh, sheesh. But anyway, I'll leave it alone. Um, y'all have a good night. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave y'all on a negative note like that. I'm gonna like I told y'all. I'm in my mood, so I'm gonna leave y'all in y'all mood tonight with Ice Spice, who is currently 
trending as the number one up-and-coming female artist, right? I like her. She's from the Bronx. She represent. Um, but there's a lot of colorism around her that's swirling around her. They're saying, like, you know, is this why she's blowing up? It's a lot of industry plant talk around her. Like, oh, who is her dad? Is he an influential individual, silent partner behind the scenes, you know? And also, big up to Scarlett. She's doing her thing out there, and um, both of them are up and coming, you know? And they, they're making a lot more noise than not these days. So, shout out to them. I'm going to leave you with In Her Mood. And like I said, i got to always tell y'all, every episode, love yourself. Because you can't love me or no one else out there in these streets if you don't love yourself first. And just with this topic alone that we had today, you know, you, you know there's a lot of people out there. I know y'all. y'all know, from my mouth to y'all ears, I love y'all. Okay, this was not an episode to talk shit. This was not an episode to divide people. This was an episode to more so have us think from a different perspective, right? Let's give grace to where grace has never been given and see how that looks for a change. Also, um, yeah, you know how my thing is, if you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. It's not going to hurt either way. That goes with this episode as well. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. That's how we get out there. And um, I love you, but, you know, you can't love me if you don't love you. So go ahead and go love each other, love on each other. Y'all stay safe. And um, until next time, you know, y'all stay blessed, all right? Peace. She can talk. We out. Stop playing with them, Riot. Like damn, she in her mood. 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 She lit, get money too. Like damn, she in her mood. In the mirror, I'm doing my dance. Ain't packing out nobody's pants. He a rapper, but don't got a chance. Sucking my waist, so I'm loving my bands. Like a million views in a day. There's so many ways to get paid. I tried dipping, he begged me to stay. Bae, I'm not staying, I just wanna play. In the party, he just wanna rum. Big boobs in the bus, they plump. She a baddie, she knows she a 10. She a baddie with her baddie friend. They like I tell you always stay hot. Oh, they mad cause I keep making bops. Oh, she mad cause I'm taking her spot. If I was I'd hate me a lot. Like damn, she in her mood. 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 She lit, get money too. Like damn, she in her mood. Damn. No friends, I don't f the fake. Saying they love me, but one in my place. Step in the party, I'm looking the baddest. So the paparazzi in my face. Pretty but I came from the gutter. Said I'd be lit by the end of the summer. And I'm proud that I'm still getting bigger. Going viral is getting them sicker. Like what? Let's keep it a bug. Too boring, I'm stuck in a rut. Lamborghini wrong when I hop at the truck. Pretty like Lauren with a big butt. Yup, pretty face and a waist all gone. And I'm making them wait, hold on. And I'm making them wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Like damn, she in her mood. 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 She lit, get money too. Like damn, she in her mood. 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 She lit, get money too. Like damn, she in her mood. Damn.